I'm an old broken down piece of meat. And I'm alone. You stupid fucking blabbermouth! Take a stand. Baby bitches leave. Team, welcome back to the only podcast where you can hear a couple guys talk about movies and television. With your host, the Turkey Boys, Ryan Ankner, and myself, Scott Sweeney. You're a cantaloupe. He's back. What's happening, Hoops? I mean, here we are in 2021. All of our problems have been solved yep. by the the new calendar year. Because that matters, yeah. Yeah, that's how things work. I uh, I know you were in Miami last night. Um, I your was, flight got in what, like twenty minutes ago? Yeah. You made it in record time from Logan to Watertown. Yeah, I you know I was there for Pitbull's New Year's Rock and Eve. Sure. As uh, he was just giving out COVID. Yeah, he actually sure. he did the entire uh, Gaudi soundtrack. Oh, what a treat that must have been! I'm a little jealous I didn't get to attend, but <laughs> for me. I actually have COVID right now. Oh. I was going to tell you mid-show. Good. But I figured I'll tell you now. I have COVID. And wow. I'm hoping that the microphones are socially distanced enough that I don't pass it to you. This table is only 48 inches around. Enough. Um, that being said, we have a few real obits right off the top. Oh. A couple of heavy ones this week. Tough losses. Hit me. We lost Brody Lee, former <laughs> WWE champion. Oh, yeah. He died at 41 after battling a non-COVID-related lung issue. Mm. Very specific. He was part of one, some sort of tag team or triumvirate. He was part of like one of the funnier crews. The Turkey Boys? Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> we should start wrestling. <laughs> That's what I like about... Like, I don't watch wrestling at all anymore, but mm. when I did, I appreciated like the funny people. Agreed. Um, like Yokozuna? Yes. Just being fat? So he's dead, and also, uh, I guess you could call him a friend of the show, because we just learned about him. A rapper, MF Doom, coming at you here with his hit signal, six... (laughs) Single, Doomsday. Shit. Is this fire? I mean, it sounds pretty chill, from my uh, estimation over here. Let's skip to the good part. Oh. Yeah, this is someone I'd never really heard of, but everyone seemed to be like in uproar about MF Doom. He was a rapper who uh, no one ever saw his real face. He always wore a mask, which I think is a fun bit. You know, like Daft Punk or uh, some sort of artist like that. So many people are doing that, though, the no face thing. Yeah. Like you just said, Daft Punk, Dead Mouse. <laughs> we love uh, mas- Sia. We love masked singers. Ken Jeong. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're all about. Yeah, I don't know. I'm good. He's dead. Sorry. Yeah, there's uh, also that guy. Uh, I'd never heard of him before, but he was the star of Breakin'. His name was Shabadoo. Shabadoo. He died at 65. Where? How did he die? Did like a like a life-size penguin take him out <laughs> with a golf cart? or? It could be Amil. Perhaps he was taking the longest pee and he got a bladder infection or maybe maybe he was like the water boy at a sporting event and a team trampled over him. (laughs) Kalatisne. 
Seven. Yeah. God, that's a dumb bit. Um, He's in. I'm in on it, though. Also, Pierre Cardin died, <laughs> who has nothing to do with movies or television besides that episode of Seinfeld where George's dad wears a nice tie and goes, Look, George, it's a Pierre Cardin. <laughs> and from that, I chose him for our death pool and was re- rewarded greatly when he passed away. Years ago, we had Pierre Cardin. <laughs> He dolled, dolled me up nicely. <laughs> Excited to hear where you're taking this, babe. <laughs> That's what the other fashion designers don't tell you. Hmm. You can't just make a tie. You gotta yeah. die at 91. You can't just make a man's ear. <laughs> you gotta... And then we sweeping zoom. Um, yeah, a lot of death. This a lot week. of death. Good year for the team death pool. Mm. Not a good year for the families of those in it. Yeah, that the death pool's been like popping. Like two a month. Yeah, like <laughs> I get happy for everybody. So it's not our, for folks who don't know at home. We each have between our group of friends. We each have five picks of celebrities who are, we think are going to die. Mm. Well, they're going to die, but we yeah. hope it's soon. And Scott just hit on Pierre Cardin. It's a great time to be alive and morbidly mm. celebrating people who just died. Because mm. even if they say it had nothing to do with COVID, I mean, mm. last year there was what, like one death? This year we've had 10? Kids. Seven? But yeah, the first show of 2021, January Surprise, is notorious for like being the month where they dump all the turkeys in a normal year. So I'm really worried about... Uh, I can't even imagine the graveyard we're about to walk into, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm Oof. scared. I'm scared for what our featured reviews are going to be in coming weeks. Well, think about Let's, what we were watching this time last year. It was nothing. Like, I can't... It was what, like, Bad Boys was the only good movie in the winter of last year? Yes. And then COVID came a couple weeks after, and it was over. Which, funnily enough, they came out with, like, the year-end statistics. Bad Boys for Life, which came out this time last year, was the highest-grossing movie of 2020. Domestically, at least. How much? How much? I can't remember. But, like, you know, not... Actually, it was a good amount because that like had its full run before COVID. That was like the last movie that was completely unaffected, one might say. You sucked his dick. But yeah, that uh, that was uh, that struck me. It's just mm. like oh, good for bad boys. That wouldn't have happened in a normal year. They no. wouldn't have held on to that crown. <laughs> no. For twelve calendar months, I don't believe. We really liked uh, Bad Boys, but it was one of those movies that now that I see it looming on on iTunes, I have no desire to put it back on. I liked it when we saw it in the theater. Like just seeing them after all the years, I was like, "This is fun and like decent for how they made it." I tried to watch it again on like Stars a couple months ago. It's it's not great. Speaking of Stars, we're gonna have to head on down to the Stars Corner. Wow! I wish I had some sort of music for the Stars Corner, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's about as good as it's gonna be. That'll they just do. wrote. Well, we knew this was coming, but now they've officially announced it. The Power Book Three 
Raising oh. Canaan, which is 50 Cent's character, who is the famous rapper slash creator of the series. It's about time I got my own spinoff. They just, uh, 50 is actually in studio with oh, us. Oh, yeah, man. What, uh, 50, I hear you recently relocated from your home in, uh, no doubt. in Connecticut. Yeah. What, I, it was Mike Tyson's home, and you had to offload it due to bankruptcy woes? Is, yeah. that, is that accurate? Yeah, man. <laughs> What, um, yeah, don't worry about it. How are you doing financially now, Fifth? Can I call you Fifth? You can, but it's all right. I don't get into that. Are you, uh, I, do you need a yeah. beverage or something? I have a whole fridge full of 40s. Ooh. I know you people love 40s. Do you have any vitamin Rappers, water? Do you want a vitamin water, 50? <laughs> yeah, man. It's very topical and relevant of you. Thank Jokes you. aside, I actually love 50 Cent. Like, his albums, the first, like, three were awesome and mm. then he started cranking out turkeys and, and then he just stopped making music altogether and created power and i think he probably makes a single every couple of months but it's never i like, actually i kind of like him as an actor when he's in stuff he's usually good he's not that bad yeah he normally just like plays himself and it's like uh i'm thinking of his role in that melissa mccarthy movie spy where he plays 50 cent for an he, extended cameo he did his own movie, Get Richard Die Trying. I think that was kind of his breakout. And then he got like Righteous Kill and a couple other random yeah. turkeys. But like now that he, he he had a pretty good run on the star show Power. And now they're bringing him. He got killed on the show. Spoiler alert for anyone who cares. Fuck. Wait, so you're telling me the spinoff's going to be like a prequel? Yes. Wow. It's a prequel. I believe. Wow. Or it's going to be some sort of beyond the grave bullshit. Either way, I can't fucking wait. And they just dropped the teaser. I love that the star show power thinks that their lore is like loved enough that they can make a prequel series about a character who died like their Star Wars or something. Well, <laughs> like, it is. Well, yeah. It might and be actually stronger than the Star Wars Stars is, at Stars this point. is coming in white hot right now. They yeah. also just renewed Hightown for season two. Wow. That show about the cape. Uh, and heroin addicts, I guess. Basically a beanside crime drama. So I'd say that qualifies. You know I'm on board. As a BSCD. <laughs> He's in. <laughs> that acronym the other day made me laugh pretty hard. He's in. Did you see that Lori Laughlin has been released from prison after serving two months for her college admissions scandal? Where her and her husband got or tried to get their daughter into some college through some sort of bribery i can't remember the details some sort of bs yeah but yeah she went to actual jail for this yeah two months star full house has served time and she also had to like pay an outrageous amount of dough do you feel like that's a fair like they're, they're obviously just making an example of her yeah this is one of those things where everybody shit on her oh Lori laughlin entitled it's just but at the same time mm. What, like, what's the difference in terms of like, what's the difference? I, I walked right into it. He's back. Well, no, think about all the other people that do the exact same thing to get their kids into school the, in that universe. It's as if they just cherry picked Lori Laughlin and made an example of her. Yeah, her like in the interrogation room, like, I'll fold on everybody. Everyone I know is doing this. Like, yeah. you're going to fucking take me down? I don't know. It just seems silly to me that they would even... And it, the part that I think was the most irking is that they made it a national news story. Probably international. Mm. It was in the headlines. 
I caught it this week as well, and it was in my notes. And it's just one of those things that I feel like could have just been avoided with, you know, they reject the daughter from the school and they keep the money and she's just like, sorry, you're an idiot. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's just like, you're too much of a babe to go to jail. (laughs) I'm throwing this fucking case out. No babes in jail. (laughs) None. And I don't know if you saw this, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which premieres on HBO Max in sometime in January. So we're getting that soon. That's, that's like what I'm looking forward to most out of all these stories. I can't wait. Watching an extended, cobbled together version of a legitimately awful superhero movie. That's what I'm about. Yeah. I mean... But his new version is being described by DC execs as, quote, a storytelling cul-de-sac, a street that leads nowhere. <laughs> what Which, I'm wondering is, do I need to have seen the first one to appreciate the Snyder Cut? No, I actually think it'd be better to go in fresh. You don't have, like, the shitty version lingering mm. in your head. You can just watch it for what it is. You're saying that confidently that, like, the Snyder version will specifically not be shitty. No, it probably will be worse, mm. but I don't know. Maybe it'll be like interestingly worse. It's just longer, right? Yeah, and like has more footage that he reshot some stuff and had like a boatload of footage before he left it. Who knows what it'll be? I'm curious just to see like what it is. Like pop it on and just see what's doing. And it features uh, Ben Affleck as Batman, as we know. Speaking of. Those pictures of him, like, dropping his coffees the other day. I enjoyed that, yeah. Everything he does is, like, iconic and becomes, like, a meme that just dazzles everyone on Earth. He's fucking bopping around with his donkeys, smoking ciggies with Ana de Armas. What I'm wondering is... What, like, did the, did the paparazzi just sit outside of his house at all times? They must, right? Someone like that, I imagine they're getting, yeah, like, they have, like, a SWAT team. Because Mm. if they were, you know, solo, probably not. But, like, them together, they need to just, there's probably people, like, anything they do, like, that's a story. Well, just him going out, clearly, like, they can't even go to Dunkin' Donuts to get morning coffee. That's fucking heartbreaking. I don't know what I would do without my Dunkin'. Kid. Do you run on Dunkin'? I do, actually. What about your Dunkachino? Oh, it's me, Don Cacino. <laughs> oh. We're um, so it's like he's already spending sixty three dollars to Uber Eats a Dunkin' Donuts order that would have cost seven. Yeah, and then he's spilling it on his porch, and like this his is front steps. This is a shot of him like looking right into one of the cameras with a face where it's like he knows like this is, this will be a meme in like twenty minutes. I don't know. He just rules. Might be kind of cool to have that as your life. Like, well, I'm about to... This is going to be public. It's probably interesting. for a few minutes. Yeah. And did you see that Tessa Thompson has confirmed that they're going to make Creed 3 and it will be directed by Michael B. Jordan? Who portrays uh, Creed? I can't remember what his first name is. Adonis Creed? Adonis Creed, yes. I mean, sounds like a, a bit of a misstep. Even though it does, in classic Rocky fashion, like Stallone directed a lot of the ones he was in. But I don't know. Michael B. Jordan's 
never directed a movie before. I don't love the idea of his debut. How hard is it to direct a Creed movie? <laughs> I mean... You stand over here, you hit him, and then we're gonna... You have to lose, and then you have to get ready, and then you win. Movie's over. It's true. But and I mean... What I'm also wondering is, like, how tangentially, like included in this is Sylvester Stallone is he in a producerial capacity is he throwing money at it? is he on the set every day what do you mean I'm right here Scott's actually running around the room right now doing push ups hey. and hey. high kicks this is pretty cool I'm punching a big thing of meat <laughs> that, that ham I brought over oh the ham <laughs> um, the, I don't know it'll I hated Creed 2 and a whole I, lot. Yeah, it's awful. And Sucked. I remember Stallone after Creed Two being like, "This is the end of Rocky." Like being in these movies, that's supposed to be like his swan song. So, right, he's probably involved in this new one in a pro- producerial capacity, but mm. I don't think he'll be in it. Although he'll probably just like cave and be like, oh, "I'm back." He'll pop in as like some hey, the old friend. Can't make a Creed movie without Rock. Are you bringing any weapons? But yeah, like you said, the second one stinks, and part threes and trilogies are like notoriously bad in general. Like, well, I think you know if, what it is. Rocky like, two, three, and four are all so good ooh. in terms of if you do like the Rocky franchise and if you like boxing movies in general, those are three of the best sports movie sequels in existence. So it's like I think yeah. that they think they broke the mold, and to a certain extent, he Sylvester Stallone did with those movies. Ooh. So I honestly I. I don't know. And I mean, no matter what, the only one that people sort of skewer is the fifth one. And Rocky Balboa yeah. doesn't get a lot of love either. But even that, I don't think I, people don't have, people have a really negative opinion of the fifth one. Yeah. It sucked. That's the one where he's like doing street fights yes. or something silly like that. He ends up, he's training a kid named Tommy Gunn. And yeah. then he and Tommy Gunn end up fighting in the street. Tommy, and it's sort of dumb. Tommy Gunn at the show in his place. Yeah, I'm losing my Stallone. I'm giving up on it. It's an okay Stallone. He's in. What did uh... Hey, hey, hey. Speaking of people in that vein, mm. Richard Donner has revealed that he will direct a final Lethal Weapon film. And for people who forget, Richard Donner is 91 years old at this moment in time. So... How's he going to even hear stuff as it's happening? Yeah. Ins- That's what I want to know. Insert a... Everyone involved is actually too old for this shit joke (laughs) right here. I have been dreaming and fantasizing and in love with Furio. And if they even try to do this without Mel Gibson, I'll just be... I mean, it's unthinkable. If they're going to do it with Mel and Danny, our boys, friends of the show, that's one thing. What a duo. But I don't know. It doesn't go into a lot of Mel Gibson gets no love. These days, as evidenced by us talking about Fat Man a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And, uh, like, he doesn't really... I guess he got put in the S. Craig Zoller movie, Dragged Across Concrete. But other than that... He gets, like, niche work. Daddy's Home too. I feel like he's not fully back. They're still, like, keeping him on the back burner. He's the guy, when people are talking about, like, oh, Harvey Weinstein's in jail, but Mel Gibson still has a career? Or, like, they, like, put him on that pedestal of, like, guys who shouldn't be working ever again. Mm. And I mean, he was pretty shitty in the in the 2000s, like 2010 or whenever that happened. So I, I guess I understand that stance, but I still kind of love him. One thing I'll say for Mel in his defense, a lot of like Harvey Weinstein did fucked up things. Mel Gibson, he only said fucked up things. 
I think it's unfair, right, to judge a person based on stuff they said when they were blackout drunk. Yeah, that seems fair. Put anybody under a microscope after they've had 113 drinks, and what do you think they're going to say? Kid, probably something fucking way cool. After you finish that eighth White Claw, we'll see what happens. (laughs) I can't. The second half of the show is just going to be slurring, mumbling, saludes. (laughs) Me just like, yeah. You know what it is? I, I think that... People put celebrities on a pedestal. They don't judge them like they're regular people. Mm. Think about everybody that you know, myself included, definitely. We've all made a fool of ourselves whilst drinking. No doubt. We've all said stuff we didn't mean when we were angry. Mm. Now put those two together in a bad relationship with someone. It's not like like that old Bill Burr bit about Chris Brown punching Rihanna in the face. Like uh, It's not like they were driving along and he was, she said, do you want to get some ice cream? And then he just started hitting her for no reason. Like, you're telling me Mel didn't get worked up for a reason. And that doesn't make it okay. He said it, uh, you know, sexist, homophobic, very racist stuff. And then the anti-Semitism, like that was, and it it wasn't just once. It was several times. Yeah, yeah, like horrible stuff. The worst stuff. And he probably thinks it, which is awful. But, I mean, as Trump would say, they're only words, just words. I mean, I to a certain extent, I agree with that. Some of the stuff that I've said, even on this podcast, while lucid and trying to make entertainment for everyone, <laughs> is regrettable. I, I don't hey. love every like that joke I made. I called yeah. black people them or they earlier. Like you can't do that anymore. Like I'm already regretting kind of defending Mel Gibson, and I'm in the moment. You're in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> You're already wishing you could shove all that toothpaste right back in the tube. Yeah. Hey. I defended Kevin Spacey, ironically, a couple of weeks ago, and then I felt the need to attack him on the following episode just so that people who are regular listeners will know that I don't actually think it's okay that he raped boys in the 90s. Mm. It's, it's, we're all, you know what it is with the, with the cancel culture, and I hate to use that phrase because even that is just sort of hacky. Cancel. With everything that's happening, it's kind of like we're forced to be on our toes at all times, especially mm. guys like me who I've been working blue, as they say, Probably since fifth grade, I remember being sent down to the principal's office just for stupid stuff that I said. Kids in the damn blue man group over here. Pretty much. I've never really been the guy who doesn't say the thing you're not supposed to say. Hmm. I'm not like throwing the N-word out there, but like when it comes to pushing the envelope, I like to think that that's something that I've always done. And I don't know. I I think it's just even you know we have a show that a couple of hundred people listen to so i feel the need to censor myself just enough Mm. yeah i'd hate for like us to catch on through some sort of miracle and then for us to be instantly canceled when anyone of note heard an episode right (laughs) like like anyone well can you imagine like oh i don't know (sighs) oprah listening to one of our (laughs) random episodes and just my wife oprah Richie Cunningham and but just sort of like listening to it word for word, not knowing us, not knowing the background, having no context. Some of the stuff that we've said is I've even had people in my life, like family members be like that. You were doing that gay voice. And like, that's, it's like, I don't hate gay people. It's just, mm. you get into a character, you're trying to be silly. Yeah. And it's, I think the, the, th- the point that we're all trying to make, and I hate to be the hundredth person who thinks that they're humorous to make it. And we've even talked about how we don't like listening to people make this point. But funny people, comedians in particular, not that we're comedians, but comedians are all – they have a whole bit about how you can't say anything anymore. But it's true. You can't. Mm. And it's like if we were to do this show for millions of people, there's – the odds are that our lives would be ruined. Just just 
statistically. Yeah. Like fucking, uh, what's his face? Bill Simmons from The Ringer and the Rewatchables podcast almost got canceled. Specifically just because he didn't have enough black people on the staff. Yeah. So then he just hired a bunch of black guys and started doing all sorts of black movies on the rewatchables, which was awesome, by the way, because they were some good voices and the movies were great. Mm. And I get it. He should have done that anyway is the point. Yeah. But the fact that he had to do that, that just like mm. after the fact, right move. I don't know. It just sucks that we're in this world where everybody is looking at everybody else, trying to wait for them to make a mistake so they can punish them for it. Yeah, like, I feel like we're not even that bad, all things considered. I mean, mm -hmm. the fans know I have a heart of gold. I only worry about when I listen back to something, I'm like, ooh, I didn't say that, like, sarcastically enough. Like They know. Yeah, I feel like if anyone's been listening to us, we're on episode 101, for Christ's sake. You, you know what's going on here. We're a couple of goofs. Speaking of what episode we're on, and not to get, like, so far off the news, but <laughs> I think this is a good break here. Hit me. I listened to episode one. Um, I guess it was whenever we recorded. I, it was Sunday. It was the day after we did episode 100. And I said, you know what? Like, I'm going to listen to the first episode ever. It was the most rambling, incoherent, fuzzy sounding, unprofessional, shitbag, worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It was awful. It's like 23 minutes long. We have no agenda. There's no mm. format. Mm. I don't even think we did a movie review. We're just talking <laughs> generally about movies and television yeah. with no organization. I, don't, I didn't have sound drops yet. There wow. was no music. We started off with the Fox NFL theme, which was like an old me bit from when I was 16. Mm. And it just went nowhere. I feel like the first episode of anything is like, yeah, or not any, any podcast yeah. is like dog shit. Well, because we hadn't figured out our rhythm yet. So it's basically just 25 minutes of us interrupting each other and only one know. microphone's audio. Excuse me. Only one microphone's audio was working. Your mm. voice was coming through my channel. So you were just talking into nothing. That sounds ideal. It's awful. <laughs> so folks, if you're ready for, I don't know, you call it a laugh at our expense, dive back into the crates and listen to Enough the Podcast episode one. Wow. Don't share it though. I don't want that going viral. Yeah. Can you even imagine... If like by some miracle, someone who makes a difference got a hold of our podcast and they were like, you got to listen to enough. And they said, okay. And they go, I'll start at the beginning. And they put on that first episode and just went, this is dog shit. And then just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, should I strike those from the record? I don't know. Yes. We'll wipe those from existence. But enough of a rant. I'm sure you have more news. Um, Brian Baumgartner, who. Whom? He's not quite a household name. I don't blame you for not knowing who he is. He portrayed Kevin on the U.S. version of The Office. You're a real cumbum. <laughs> I enjoy Kevin. He has earned he over $1 million on the website Cameo, becoming the website's top-earning celebrity. For, we talked about Cameo before. It's the website where you can get like C-list celebrities to record a little video for I'm people. I'm a little for, in shock. I know, right? This is like going to the people who can't give up on the office thing. Like they're wasting yeah. their money getting Kevin to make little like chili cameos for their fucking loved ones. This is depressing. Mm. Guy's a yeah. fucking millionaire. He was a millionaire to begin with. Now he's a millionaire again because of nonsense. I am looking at his price now. Do you want to guess how much he costs? I mean, if he'd made over a million, he's got to be like a 250 at Hello, least. Hello, you beautiful cameo 
Oh, fuck. It's Brian Baumgartner here, and I am so excited to be on this site and share with you messages of joy. Hi, it's me, Kevin. I'm the dumb guy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, does he even do the cameos in character? (laughs) He just does them as Brian Baumgartner. (laughs) Hello, it's me, Brian Baumgartner. I look like a toll booth collector. Yeah, I bet everyone's bummed out. They're like, no, I wanted Kevin, not like whatever this is. Uh, He's 195. (sighs) Can you even imagine dropping $200 on that? Like I'd rather I'd spend fifty dollars on Zachary Ty Bryan five times before I spent one hundred and fifty dollars on him once. Exactly. There's countless things I'd rather. Dean Kane for forty dollars <laughs> over and over again. Dean. Perez Hilton thirty five dollars. I'm thinking back on all my past cameos. Yeah. Darcy so, from. Uh, there should be someone funnier who's like the king of cameo. I don't know. Like Kevin from The Office. Everyone out there is just like a dud. He's like, oh, I'll get a Kevin cameo. The know. funny part is when you brought up Brian Baumgartner, the second I knew who he was, I knew it was a cameo story. <laughs> yeah, you were like, he's earned. And I was like, yeah. cameo. Yeah. You first were like, wait, did he die? Like yeah. either is dead or he's on cameo doing something. That's... When, when you said he's earned a million dollars, I was like, not working. Mm. He's not, definitely not doing that. So was it cameo or was it uh, celeb voicemails? Which Which site was it? Did he find it somewhere in a oh, duffel bag? What a turkey maker. Like, yeah. Is he even going to be in movies or anything anymore? Or are we just, that's it? I've never seen him in anything. At least, like, Stanley from The Office got some sidecar work here and there. But, yeah. I don't well, know. now they're doing, Monty pointed it out. The guy, I don't remember his real name, but the guy who played David Wallace on The Office is oh. advertising his own cameo on Instagram. <laughs> He's literally making sponsored ads, paying for them. To say, hey, I remember me, I'm David Wallace from The Office, and mm-hmm. I'm on Cameo. Cameo's losing me. Like, it's a funny idea, but when you look at, like, there's ones that, like, we, I forget, we found one for my dad. It was, like, a golfer or something, or and it was, like, $600 hmm. for a fucking probably mediocre video. Cod, friend of the show, paid, what, 200 bucks to get Roseanne Barr to do a Cameo for his mother for Christmas, she read from the paper, ad-libbed maybe one word, and then just sort of stared into space. And then the video cuts out with her daughter, like, turning the phone off at yeah. a close-up of her face. It couldn't have been lazier. We were joking when he was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, let's cobble together what he's going to have her say. Like, oh, like, have her smoke a cigarette the whole time. But we didn't even need to give her that note. She just did that yeah. organically. <laughs> Like in a video you're sending to someone for Christmas, she's tearing down a ciggy. Just, just sitting out on her porch, looking like a piece of shit. Like, hey. And I don't even have a problem with Roseanne. I just, I think that the institution of Cameo is the issue. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I get why people are doing it, and I'm also disgusted by, like, everything I see coming out of it. I don't know. Well, look I, I don't my- know what the answer is. Look at like Howard Stern whack packers who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars now, whether it be Bigfoot or um, High Pitch Eric. High Pitch, exactly. High Pitch Eric was the problem because I think he made like a hundred grand yeah. and didn't know what to do with it and he didn't pay taxes on it. And yeah. Howard's like, you're going to get audited. Hoo-hoo. Yeah. Him being like, like, why do I need to pay taxes on it? It's just like, ah, this is just, yeah. yeah like- it's a shame. In other news, Ray Liotta uh, is engaged. 
to oh, his longtime girlfriend. So congratulations, friend of the show, Ray Liotta. You wow. may remember him from Goodfellas. I remember him most from uh, from those Chantix ads. I think those are his best work. Chantix. I need my Chantix. If he's not still smoking cigarettes, I'll give you $200,000. Yeah. There's no way Chantix worked for that guy. He seems like he's tearing him down. Speaking of cigarettes, I am Ooh. now, we've mentioned them twice in the last few minutes, and I'm now having a cigarette craving. Are you having a Nick fit, bro? Kinda. Wow. That never goes away. I'm almost 13 years sober from everything else. I'm fine. The cigarette one, that'll get you. Mm. So when you finally hang up the cleats, good luck. Uh, I'm on the patch now. I'm Great. Pat, I'm Patch Adams. What? I never tried the patch. The gum works. Ooh. Got any gum? Courtney <laughs> uh, Kardashian discusses autosexuality and being turned on by herself. Did you see this? You hear about this? I've never heard of such a thing. Oh. Autosexuality being turned on by yourself? I think I have the opposite of this, whatever that would be. <laughs> You're like, disgusted with yourself. Yes. Autosexuality. Like that whole family's just like, what's the wackiest thing I can do right now? Let me just like see if this I get any bites That's on this. Funny. That's funny. Yeah, that I don't, do they still do their show? Keeping up with the... No, they just canceled it after, I believe, 17 seasons. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. What a run they had. Uh, some more fun celebrity news. Alec Baldwin's wife, Hilaria Baldwin, has been posing as a Spanish person for years. This was a big reveal that everyone was all... Uh... How silly is that? Yeah. This is something where everyone was like, okay... Let's let's get canceling. Let's uh <laughs> That was a one that was one of those things where it's you're connected to Alec Baldwin, so people are gonna come after you. It has nothing to do with anything with her. Mm. It's a hundred percent I don't like your husband. He's rude and said your his daughter was a pig fifteen years ago. Yeah. He's a pompous asshole on SNL. My politics don't align with his or whatever. I'm going to go after your wife for pretending to be Hispanic. Mm. Like, who cares? I hope the, the Boss Baby sequel gets canceled as a result of this. Did you... God damn it. They're taking my franchise down. Did you see she grew up in Weston, Massachusetts? Which no. is a very affluent suburb a couple towns west from where we are now. Yeah. And her name is Hillary Baldwin. She added the Eladia at the end, and then the accent is totally fake. Do you know what she did beyond that? In the realm of like posing as a Spanish person, she just or, changed her name to Hilaria and then fakes a Spanish accent or and Hispanic like told people she, told people she grew up like she had a confusing origin story similar to uh, our president Barack Obama who faked his birth certificate. Terrific, fantastically. Show us that birth certificate. But yeah, that's what like a spicy lie, like pretending to be Spanish. Spicier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a unnecessary thing. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah. I uh, I saw that and was just like, okay, that's a new one. Baldwin loves, uh, he's always in the spotlight for this or that. Mm. Glad to hear that. <sighs> I learned the other day that there's an Entourage podcast hosted by the creator Doug Ellen and uh, the Emmy-nominated Emmy star Kevin Dillon. Oh. And I'm worried that I'm probably going to listen to every episode of it. 
because I listened to a little bit of it. Yeah, I haven't even gotten in there yet. I got too excited just seeing that it existed. That uh, it's called Victory, the podcast. Oh yeah, Entourage heads. Kevin Connolly involved. Kevin Connolly, Kevin Dillon. It's yeah, like they had some good guests. Like James Khan was one of the recent guests. When I uh, I listened to that one, yeah. Oh, was that good? It's fine. They're just talking about like we're friends with your son. And then it kind of goes flat, and he's kind of like clearly going, clearly. I imagine Kevin or um, Scott Con just said like, "Listen, Kevin Dillon and uh, what's his face, Doug Allen are doing a podcast. Can you do me a favor and yeah. go on it?" And they said, "Okay, fine." He said, "Okay, fine." I bet James Con seems like a good sport. People his age, when they go on a podcast, they spend the whole time being like, "What is a podcast? Who's listening to this? What are we doing here?" <sighs> you know what a podcast is. Yeah, stop. That's just like the move. And I was kind of floored by the intel that Tom Hanks is a brother named Jim Hanks. Do you have any of that audio? Please say you do. I don't, but it's on YouTube. Yeah, it was I'm like find it. It's like five down if you okay. search Jim Hanks voiceover or something. You remembering the location of the YouTube video is one of your <laughs> strongest abilities. He's in. But yeah, all these years, I'm a big Hanks head. He, he's got a brother who looks just like him, only he's bald. And he does some of his voiceover work in, like, the Toy Story video games and so other... Like, you know, I've hung out with the absolute pinnacle. Yeah, this is Jim Hanks. Somebody who's famous pretty much every square inch of this planet. Hey, 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 there it is. There's Tom right there. Hi, I'm Tom Hanks. I've he nails it. Tom, <laughs> like, like that that is nice Tom Hanks. He's right. Being able to go to the Third Street Promenade without getting mobbed—that's okay. mobbed, mobbed. Yeah, like, he's got—he sounds like him without trying to. Yeah. they have, I guess, a similar dialect. When he gets like loud at the end of a sentence, he knows how to. I, don't, I, I like voice stuff and like hearing something like that. It's like, oh yeah, you could do a Tom Hanks voice. That would never even like occur to me to do such a thing. <laughs> Folks, brace yourself. I'm gonna start working on mine. You see that Chris Harrison from The Bachelor is moving to Austin, Texas, and there's rumors that he may not do the show anymore, considering it's kind of far away from Los Angeles. Wow. Big, big reveal. Would that be upsetting to you? Do you think he's a good host of that program? I, I don't. Yes. Yes, wow. I do. I wow. actually, he's one of those people that when you've watched eight, nine, ten seasons of various Bachelor, Bachelorette, <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise... <laughs> He grows on you like a fungus, and you start to appreciate him and his little hot takes. Not even hot takes, sort of just like glances to the camera. He does like the gym from the office thing, and mm. there's just oh, he's got a way about him. I don't know that anyone else would. Or I think other people would try to be too much of it. Yeah, would be too. You know, like they'd come on the show, and it would be they'd try to be the show. And the point is that he's not the whole show. The people are more important than he is, and he's just announcing what's about to happen next and kind of steering the ship. Mm. I'm, I don't know if they'll be able to find anyone else who's that good at that. Everyone's moving to Austin. That's, uh, that's what's going on these days. It's going to be like the new Hollywood. The number maybe. two podcast right behind us, Joe Rogan, is down there. Yes. So maybe we ought to move this table on down and, and figure it out and just get ourselves in the Rogan compound and... You know, maybe he can piggyback off some of our success. Jamie, pull that up. He's in. We need a Jamie. 
We do. <laughs> we have the lovely and talented Sam from afar. He does our editing and we love him very much. But Love you, Sam. We need someone in the studio with a, with a fast laptop so that I'm not clunking my way through YouTube with the keys clicking on microphone. Ooh. It would be good. So if anybody, if you're looking for a very, very unpaid gig, <laughs> reach out and uh, we'll decide if we feel comfortable being in the same room as you and probably turn you away. In. Did you see also that Anthony Hopkins, a uh, friend of the show, just celebrated 45 years of sobriety? Oh, which is a. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll join you in that applause break. That uh, I didn't know he was a sober guy. I actually did not either until a sober friend of mine posted the Instagram clip, and I watched his video, and he's very, very humble, which is cool. Because from being someone who's in that community a little bit. I've been to enough meetings to hear the people with that much time. They mm. usually have a much more, from my experience at least, this is a generalization, but a lot of the people that I met that had that kind of time sober were a little arrogant about it. Mm. And not only is he one of the more famous celebrities who's ever lived, given his various roles and his, le- I mean, he's been in Hollywood 60 years. Clarice. I would say that <clears throat> it's very impressive that he is as humble as he is, I guess mm. is what I'm trying to say. So hats off to Anthony Hopkins. We're very proud of you. Yeah, he's a wacky no bits there. Instagram no. follow. He's always doing like videos where he's just like making goofy faces and doing all sorts of things you wouldn't think Anthony Hopkins would That's be funny. doing on Instagram. Hey, he's kind of an interesting follow. Interesting fellow also. He's, yep. in, he's in on my wordplay. And this is pretty fucked up. I use Letterboxd for people who forgot about that. It's a app where you can log all the movies you watch. It's fun. And it tells you your stats at the end of the year. I watched 398 movies in 2020. Well, the jerks thought, Paul, <laughs> they're running out of you. And they actually sent me this too early. I snuck in four more in the interim. So it's 402 <clears throat> for the year. That made me laugh pretty hard when I said, like, wow, that's a lot of movies. That's more than one a day. And you're like, it's actually four more than that. Yeah. It's like, oh. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of settling in. Those I wonder what days. my number is. You review every movie you watch, you just type it in? Or do you just say, like, do you just do the stars? I do the star. I normally just do, like, a, a pithy sentence about, you know, like, if I loved it, it's something positive or it's, like, a cunty oh, little... Fucking skewering That's if funny. I hated it. I might get back into that. I tried Letterboxd for about a day. Couldn't do it. I liked it just for that stuff. Just to like, at the end of sure. the year, you can see all the the nonsense. Do you see that Adam Levine has said no thank you in terms of whether or not he will return to star or to host rather the voice on NBC? Mm. So I guess that's done. That, uh, I feel like all those shows it doesn't matter who hosts i feel like it's always interchangeable Not in the least, no yeah. one watches it i mean just throw kenji i would say in a there. show like that is the opposite of what i'm talking about with the bachelor because that is a show driven mostly by the the i guess you could say the talent of the contestants but also the hosts have a large portion of the spotlight yeah where that is noticeable if they're not good enough yeah um i have I hate to do it to you, but I got to take been? you on down to the sports corner. Wow. I mean, I love the corner. 
Nobody loves the corner, but you know what you can do in the corner is get your dick out. Wow. Okay. Becky Hammond became the first woman to serve as head coach in an NBA game when she took over coaching the San Antonio Spurs after Greg Popovich was ejected while they played the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday night of last week. That's all for today in the Sports Corner. Stay tuned here at Enough the Podcast and listen to all the sports and make sure that you're with the other men and <laughs> as much stuff with men as you can do. The Sports Corner. Wow. I mean, my testosterone is through the roof after really? that Sports Corner. I get, a, I get a little blood flow going with that. You know? how's, how's the blood flow? Blood flow. Good. It's hanging, hanging thick. Kid. That, uh, yeah. We're sportos. That's the That's sports the news. Corner. That's Do we have any more news? or? That's it for news. You want to talk about some shots? I think that would be nice. That would be nice. If we treated the fans The thing to we got to do, though, hit me with your best shot. I'd love to. And that is... Probably the documentary You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which is on I think Hulu. I shut that too, actually. Yeah, like I was into it I for I think I might have paid for that. It was kind of funny for a bit. Like David Arquette, the actor from the Scream movies, he had a period where he was involved in professional wrestling, like WWE for a while. And he like won the belt and they like it went further than it should have and was a whole thing. And I was into this for like 20 minutes, but then it just keeps going on and on. And he's kind of an exhausting character. And he's a bit of a could-ya. Yeah. Or a would-ya. And that's some fun Popeyes with like his ex-wife, Courtney Cox Arquette. And his I like sister. that they're friends. That's nice. Yeah, like, I don't know. It, it was decent, but I just fell out of love with it pretty early. I went to school and I And we'll be able to see them in Scream 5 next year. Or this mm. year. We're in 2020 now. Both maybe. Of them. Oh, yeah. They're both back. Necessary. Yeah. Is that it? I also shut okay, I We Can Be Heroes, the new Robert Rodriguez Passion Project Netflix original. I thought you were in love with that. I actually... It, it's not terrible. It's just like for children. It's very much like for young kids. Mm. And... I don't know. It had some like creative moments and a a great batch of sidecars. Like Christian Slater's batch. in it as like a jetpack guy. <laughs> it's like a superhero movie where all the adult superheroes are taken uh, or kidnapped, and their kids have to like spring into action and be superheroes. It was very like cheesy and stupid, and mm. takes place in uh, place in the Shark Boy and Lava Girl universe. Shark Boy not is in the me. movie, and Taylor Lautner does not reprise the role, which I thought was funny. He doesn't do anything anymore. And Didn't he have a big gain? He might have. I think he had a big I'm not gain. Not even sure. Somebody give us some intel on that. I think Taylor Lautner's a big fatso now. Yeah, but yeah, Pedro Pascal's in is like the main guy. He's he's really having a moment right now. He's, he's in Star Wars too, right? He's the Mandalorian. He was the bad guy. Oh, he's the Mandalorian. Right? In Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. He's in this movie. What huh? a stupid thing to pay a well-known person to be the Mandalorian. Is he doing the voice? He's not even doing the voice. 
right? That's well, someone else? He does the voice. Okay. But I was saying this a few episodes ago. There's no way that's him in the suit acting with a mask on like all day every day can't be when he's like headlining other movies when there's stunts happening why why would they why would they waste their time with that just have him do the fucking voice they don't even need to match up the lips or anything yeah i keep meaning to look into that i'll have a full report next episode fans but yeah that's we can be heroes i don't know if you have kids throw it on this movie made me wish I had kids. If you have kids, stop listening to this podcast. We don't need to have you overpopulating the planet. We don't appreciate you. You've made the wrong choice. I wish I had kids just so I could make them suffer through turkeys like this with me. That's why I'm going to have children. Right, like they're on summer vacation. You're just firing up the departed for the 11th time in the month. This is Here what we're is. doing. <laughs> this is our day, kids. And I also shut off that Netflix thing, Death to 2020. I didn't even attempt that. It was Samuel L. Jackson taking a stand. I liked his one thing about how he he likes the coronavirus better than the police. I saw a meme of that and it made me laugh. That's it. Damn. He actually, he had a couple lines, but like... He's fine. He's not playing himself. He's playing like a journalist. And so is Kumail Nanjiani. And Hugh Grant's playing like some sort of a fake politician. Forget about it. And they're all going through the events of 2020. It's like, who wants to relive all this? This sucks. I hated it. Shut it. What'd you shut? I only shut off Fast 8. That was it. You shut off the fate? I shut off the fate and the furious. Wow. And it was not something I was proud of, but it was, of all of them, I'd say it's my least favorite. I gotta say, if you were going to shut one of them, that's probably, yeah, Two and three and aren't very good, but at least they're fun. It's, Eight is sort of not fun anymore. It's almost like two, like Vin turns on the team ooh. and Michelle Rodriguez, like, is is she over the amnesia? Is she not over the amnesia? And like Charlize Theron was a miscast. I do not appreciate any of Jason Statham's contributions to this series. What do you mean, mate? I, <laughs> I brought a lot to it. I hate the fact that Hobbs and Shaw cost us Fast 9 for the year. Thank you. That's a whole nother rant, though. I just, I don't know. I thought it stunk. And I and I went through, we'll talk about this in reviews. I, I did watch 4, 5, 6, and 7 in their yeah. entirety and love every second of them. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be, folks. 4, 5, 6, and 7. Start with 1, skip 2 and 3, and then jump right back in at 4. Yeah. And then shut it off after 8. Or after 7. You don't need 8. Yeah, especially coming after seven, eight was just kind of like a. I blame the director of eight. It was that guy John Singleton who did like Straight Out of Compton. Okay, had I known that, I would have had a whole different perspective of the movie. He's, he does, is he dead? He's dead. Is maybe I'm thinking of someone else now. Yeah, I check. think it's either him or that other guy who does movies like John Singleton. Yeah. Uh oh, sounds like a race race. <laughs> I was worried about that. That's not what I'm saying. See, we're already correcting ourselves. The show's going to get a little bit less funny every week, folks. <laughs> Until we're just... And then we'll pretty much just be sitting here giving honest depictions of new movies that we enjoyed. We won't even include ones that we didn't enjoy because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So Fate of the Furious was directed by... Where's... <sighs> I hate how IMDb's layout on the website in the browser is completely different than what you get used to on the app. Lame. Like, I can't even find the director on here. I know that the box office was $250 million. 
He's got that box office. That's pretty cool. Let me see if I can look it up on the sidelines real quick. I have the IMDb page right here. There's the soundtrack. This sucks. Okay, it was directed by F. Gary Gray. Okay, he's even worse. Yes. Who... Singleton is dead. Yes. So F. Gary Gray is still alive. F. Gary Gray turkeys. directed Be Cool and a couple other pieces of shit. Yeah, no. Four Brothers. I was right. I just had the name wrong. He did Straight Outta Compton. He did a bunch of dog shit. He did that fucking Men in Black International. Ha! Huh. That Men in Black movie that came out last year that couldn't exist less if it tried. I enjoyed Straight Outta Compton. It was fine. It was whatever. But yeah, Fate of the Furious, easily... I don't know about easily. Probably the worst of the franchise. I hope they bounce back with nine, if and when we finally see it. Yeah. That's that's all I shut, though. Is it? Unfortunately. Let's, yeah. um... I don't know. We got a lot coming this week. We got reviews. We're talking about a couple of 2000-ish movies. We watched Boiler Room. We watched... Yeah. <clears throat> a few, um... Nope, I was going to make a joke that wouldn't have landed there. Ooh. Backing it up a little bit. Um, what did we watch? We watched Boiler Room. Boiler Room, The Fighter. The Fighter. Greenland. Greenland, the new Gerard Butler vehicle. People are tuning out as we speak. And they're, <laughs> like, they're like, The Fighter, didn't that come out 11 years ago? Hold on, before we break, I'll, I'll win them back. Folks, I also watched The War with Grandpa, the new De Niro movie. We're going to be right back with a bunch of hot reviews. We'll be right back. This is Big Egg. And when I'm not watching The Bridge Over the River Kwai, I'm listening to Enough the Podcast. With my disappointing son and his idiot buddy. <laughs> Thanks for that. What? Why am I a disappointment? Oh fuck! This is, this is new. I didn't know he felt that way. Yeah. What? I'm I'm an idiot. <laughs> Us taking this like planned bit seriously. <laughs> Thanks, love, Dad. Yeah, love to hear from that. Big Ank, one he of he is uh, a real listener. One of our best turkey heads. Mm. Love to hear that, folks. If you got a, if you want to send us a drop or literally anything, enough the podcast at gmail dot com. Send it as a voice memo, iPhone style, and I can import it to the computer easier. A lot of people have been sending me voice texts, and that would require some. I'd be basically recording off of the phone. On, yeah. It's just too much transference, and it sounds like crap. So yeah. just send it. If you want me to play something, send it as a voice memo file. If you could. We'd love it if you would. But what folks, did, uh, I was going to say, what did we just watch? I mean, the answer to that like question the answer. is Freddy Got Fingered. Big show. <laughs> we thought we'd revisit a classic. I hadn't seen this in years. The Were you a big Tom Green guy back in the I day? I was. I was too. And I still I am. I feel like he should get a lot more credit than he does for popularizing like a weird kind of humor that like Tim and Eric then kind of got into. I don't know. Watching this movie, I was like, Tom Green needs more credit as like a guy in comedy who 
did things. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about Tom Green is he, I think, happened a little. There was a there was a definite big spark of popularity with Tom Green, mm. but I feel like people got tired of him quickly. Yeah, and they maybe shouldn't have. And he overstayed his welcome on MTV pretty quickly. I used, I used to love that I show. I did too. Him and Glenn Humplick and that laughing guy in the cut. I remember thinking that that was like basically the the, the centerpiece of all comedy for the yeah. rest of time watching that show. And it's weird because him and Jackass came out at the same time. I don't know who came up with like fucking with their parents and filming it as a bit first. But us? whoever did it. With bowl cut? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, we did that. Let's, that's <laughs> us. Let's make no, that candy. Yeah, I mean... Tom Green leaves something to be desired in terms of acting, mm. but there's something very, very, very different and fun and exciting and hysterical about him. And it would be awesome if he were still as relevant today. Because, like, yes, he has a podcast and he pops up with in things, and everyone can acknowledge how good he was in the 90s and the early 2000s, but. It never really happened for him in terms of like he had this, you know, he was married to Drew Barrymore for like five minutes, which I think is really funny. Oh, yeah. She's in Freddy Got Fingered, this movie, yeah. which timestamps the movie very well. You can tell they were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, I feel like a lot of people are like, it's one of those movies that's so bad, it's funny. But I actually think it's just funny. It's not like a, it's funny by accident. It's just. A no, very goofy, deliberate. stupid movie that is funny. It's a comedy that's funny. It's like what you want. And it's nice and breezy. It's like 80 minutes. We're in and out. Yeah. Every other scene, I was like, oh, it's this part. This part's hilarious. Like, that's what you want from a comedy. Just like funny scene after funny scene. Cram 10 funny scenes in. Get a couple quotable lines. Some, if you know, if it's a gross out comedy, do the gross out thing. Have it happen. And then it's over. Yeah. And then you're out. Him and Rip Torn are a good uh, comedy duo. Them like at all. May he rest in time. peace. Yeah. Yes. Rip Torn, his IMDb photo looks dead. Like oh. he, he's just very much not of this planet anymore. And he can have a chicken sandwich. You working on that? That's oh. pretty good. He's in. <clears throat> um, that's the thing with voices. Once it's fresh, like we just watched it. So I've got Rip Torn. He's in. Is that how impressionists do that? I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. They just get themselves all tightened up. But yeah, he's incredible in this. Some great sidecars. Eddie K. Williams. Eddie K. Thomas. Oops. Please show some respect for American Pie cast he's, members. Um, Fitz on American Pie. <laughs> I'm going to botch his American Pie name now on purpose now. Yeah, what's it? Shitbreak? Finch. Finch. There it is, yes. He's Finch on American Pie who... He famously bedded Stifler's mom. Who could forget? Yes. That's canon. I think he's probably the funniest part of American Pie on some level. What about uh, Chris Klein singing Scooby Dooby Doo Wop, though? That's uncomfortable at best. <laughs> Accurate. But yeah, this has a lot of other good sidecars. Anthony Michael Hall getting some good. Like, it's funny because it's Anthony Michael Hall type early 2000s work. He's another guy that I would love to have seen him in more stuff. Yeah. He sort of did Breakfast Club and then a, I don't know. I mean, there were, I guess a bunch of other stuff in the 80s and 90s and then it just kind of. He's another guy. He pops up. You know, remember how he's in the dark night for like two scenes playing yes. like a news reporter? Oddly. Interesting. 
Yeah, interesting trajectory his career has been on. Yeah, I'm a fan. Good movie, though. Um, I own it. I'm not sure where you can watch it, but watch it. Freddie Got Fingered with Tom Green. It's one of, in our opinion, the top 10 of 2001. Yes. Without question. In my opinion, it's in the top five. Yeah, like it goes through all the beats of a 80s, 90s comedy, but it's just like as absurd as possible the whole time. Almost like it's a spoof, Mm. but it's just a movie. I think it's great. And I agree that it's one of the best movies of 2001. And speaking of which, maybe we talk about the other movies of 2001 in this moment. Our reservation is that we live in a free country. Alex is in. It's episode 101. We're talking about the movies of 01, continuing our fan favorite segment. Explain to me why it's so easy for you to rifle off a list of these movies each week. Ooh. But you can't make a list of your favorite movies. What about the fact that me not being able to make a top 10 list is just lore at this point? It's not even real. I can do a list. In the blink of an eye. This is, he's fuck. he's been, we've been had. I'm trying to change. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Now, you definitely can't make that list. I My just, point is you <laughs> rifle these lists, lists off like it's nothing. You shoot them out. And it was your idea. Mm. What I'm saying is that we, the people, the fans, your Ooh. co-host, the fans of this show, we really want to know what your favorite movie is. That's all I care about. And fans, I will have the few at some point. Assuming that Certainly we don't get an tonight. answer, I'm just going to say that it was Rockstar. <laughs> 2001's Rockstar starring Mark Wahlberg. Fuck, you just cut right Jennifer to the Jennifer Aniston. The big finish, you got it. I don't know how you did it. You nailed it. I know. That's my favorite movie and of I all time. And I believe the lead singer of Third Eye Blind is oh, also shit. a character in this movie. Stephen Jenkins? Yes. 3EB? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, You Know Me? He plays a, a fellow rocker. Mm, yes. This is probably in my top six <laughs> for the year. Um, among others, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, 2001, Good year. year. I take back what I said last week about the years getting progressively worse. 2001 was a hot year. It was. It was a good year in our lives, too. We had a lot of fun. Ooh. I remember 2001 well, fondly. Yes. We saw a lot of these movies in the theater because that was all we had to do. Especially September of 2001. I remember that being mm. a very fun year, filled with laughs and goofs and fun. Oh, he gets it. He finally gets it. For a second, I was like, yeah, that was a good... Oh. <laughs> then the towers were taken down by terrorists. You turn. September 11th jokes are evergreen on They're the back. Enough podcast, in my opinion. But yeah, and speaking of that, Pearl Harbor came out in 2001. A day that will live in infamy. Yes. Must have been weird. I think Not that, on my list. That came out in the summer before September... Not that it, it's just odd. Like um, They saw it coming. It's We've, <laughs> we've been saying it's that, that it was all orchestrated Thank you. by a puppet regime within the U.S. government for many, many years. It was Michael Bay's passion project. Have you guys ever seen Loose Change? Ooh. I would definitely recommend it. <laughs> That'll be a featured view <laughs> next. Episode. I actually did watch Loose Change, I believe, on a VHS. Ooh. And it's it's strong, to put it I'll put, To, put to it quite that strong? Way. Yes. But 2001, great year for comedies. As we just talked about, Freddie got fingered. He also got Saving Silverman, which I think is one of the most... I knew you were going to bring it up. One of the most underrated comedies ever made. You got Steve Zahn doing, like, career best work. Jack Black, Jason Biggs. I'm going to go. Whoever else. That movie's incredible. 
Like, I'm not even kidding a little bit. <laughs> Saving Silverman is a masterpiece. Arlie Ermey also is that sidecar guy. Oh. And Wet Hot American Summer, that's probably my top five of 2001. Wet Hot American Summer is amazing. Yeah, that's in my top. Incredible. Definitely. I feel like everyone's seen it. It's like a spoof of 80s comedies with just overflowing with that, bits. That terrible reboot. Yeah, the Netflix. That show. They did two seasons of a Netflix reboot that are... Unwatchable. Yeah, skippable. The yes. movie's a masterpiece. The show's unfortunate. It really, it ruined it for me, though. It, it really did. I hate when that happens. Donnie Darko is on my list. Ooh. That's a um, mushroom, or we should say shroom beef yes. favorite. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I was so... Donnie Darko, man. I was so fucked up on mushrooms in the year 2003. You probably thought you were Donnie Darko. Well, at one point I did. No I, doubt. I didn't think I was him. I did not think I was Jake Gyllenhaal or a movie character, but I did believe that I was traveling through space and time. Mm. And I remember I had this psychology professor that I was really taken with, but he hated me because I was always fucked up in his class and would listen to music in his class because I was fucked up. Sounds right. And he yelled at me once for having headphones on. And this is like, you're not really supposed to get yelled at by your college professors. That's kind of like you're paying for this. So this isn't like a disciplinary situation. Like most people, once they become college students, they start to take academia more seriously. Mm. Anyway. His name, what was his name? Mr. Schneider, I think. Eric Schneider. There it is. Shout out. Eric, my guy, Professor Schneider. I remember I called him. I was like, you're like one of the most interesting teachers I've ever worked with. And he was like, I'm a professor, first of all. And like, (laughs) you're on drugs or something like that. And he got like really upset with me. And I remember like sending him emails comparing my situation with him to Donnie Darko, the relationship that Jake Gyllenhaal has with... I can't remember the actor's name, but the the teacher in the movie. Noah Wiley? There it is. Good get. Of E-R thing. (laughs) Eat R. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I hate that. That's not funny. Uh, And he just lost it. Like He hated me. I'm pretty sure he gave me an incomplete. Mm. I don't think I got any credit for that class whatsoever. I feel like he's probably a turkey head, though. At if this stage Eric, in the game. let's find him. Let's yeah. find him. I bet he's out there. I Professor Schneider, you're a bona fide turkey head. I feel it. Schneider. We also got in 2001 Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which is, you know, one of those fun sprawling cast comedies. A good Kevin Smith movie before he started toasting too much and has lost his goddamn mind. But uh, American Pie 2, also in 2001. Nothing to sneeze at. It's Eric Weiser. Mr. Weiser. <laughs> and I just found him. He's still... Oh, he's got an email. I should hit him up. That'd be hilarious. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Are you an American Pie 2 guy? I honestly can... I can sit down and, and get into an American Pie, and they are nostalgic. Hmm. But they have very little rewatchability for me on some level. Like if it were to, if I were to happen upon it in a rewatchable sense, where like it's three quarters of the way through, I'd take it in the end. It's been a bit since I've seen any of them. Maybe yeah. Oh, one is a long time ago at this point. Maybe we test ourselves with like an American Pie rewatch of sorts. He's not into it. He's not feeling it. It's like it doesn't grab. It doesn't jump out at me. Like I would mm. never buy the American Pie collection. I find Jason Biggs mediocre at best. Mediocre. 
I just, I don't know. I don't hate American Pie. I feel like I'm going to get nailed for this one. Like Parsons is already screaming, I screaming into his I kind of feel like flipping headphones. his table over and making a big scene. I just, it, I, to me, it's no, one fair. of those things that in 2000, 2001, 2002, when those movies were the thing, it was perfect. And it yeah. made tons of sense. And it was great. Yeah. But like a lot of stuff that happens when you're 16 years old, we left it in, in the past. Fuck. And it's it's gone. Fuck. And there's no... To me, there's I do have a lot of nostalgia with other movies, but not this one. And you know why? I think it's because they made so many straight-to-video pieces of crap that yeah. just sullied the whole... Had they kept it at like one, two, three, four, or whatever... What was it? One, two, and three, and then they got really bad? They made one, two, then American Wedding with the main cast, then four straight-to-video sequels that nobody saw except for me... And then they came back with American Reunion. Which was actually watchable. Yeah. yeah. And that, that one was surprisingly good. And Wedding was bad. Wedding's not great. So one and two were good and Reunion was good and that's it, is when you break it down. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, classic uh, trilogy stuff. The third one's always bad in like almost any trilogy or Pretty series. Much. Rocky's the only thing I can think of. Hey, hey I'm back. Three's good. Um, what else? Let's see. Yeah, I the, had uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe I don't want to talk about it really, but it's a funny David Spade movie where he plays like a white trash idiot that was yeah. basically an SNL character stretched out over 90 minutes. That's a movie I used to watch like a ton back in the day. That's I, a good like 15 year old movie. Yeah. I feel like I recorded that off of pay-per-view or <laughs> one of the movie channels. And yeah, that was a go-to. I one. wish you went to prison for that. <laughs> and you were just getting out now. Um, Beautiful <laughs> Mind and Vanilla Sky. I lumped those into the same category. Yeah, like artsy, workish pictures. I like both of those movies. Mm. How do you feel about Memento? I think that's nice. I, I liked Memento a lot. Into my top five. I thought that was in 2000, though. 2001, baby. Was it really? I put it on my list last week. According Oops. to Wikipedia. No, I believe you. I just I mislisted it. I mean, the first Christopher Nolan movie? That was another movie I was obsessed with back in the... And when that came out, that's when I was first getting into movies in like a real way. And right. I was like, this is the fucking coolest movie I've ever seen. I don't believe Guy Pierce has made a good movie since. Wow. What about his villainous turn in Iron Man 3, though? Nothing to sneeze at? Fuck, he's sneezing at it. I like Iron Man <laughs> 3, but it could have been anybody but him. I'm, a, I'm kind of a Guy Pierce guy. You're right, though. I wish he was in something that showcased his talents. More he got marked corrected been. by the burn notice guy, and that was it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan. That's a good call. I don't know. Um, did I say Vanilla Sky, Tom Cruise? You did that movie. Do you remember when we saw that in the theaters and then we went to the golf afterwards? I do. I was I think, a, that was a night. Wasn't Ed with us? Yes. I, f I remember it Ed It was being... magical or like some horrible like corduroy wearing <laughs> review <laughs> at golf. <laughs> Fuck. Ed, if you're listening to this, I'll pay you a legit $1,000 for a call in. I'm you, a turkey head. Someone can get Ed to give me an hour phone call. So there's a thousand dollars with his name on it. Love that, Dad. I'm gonna need you to finance that. I'm a little tapped out. He's in. If you're listening, and um, just to continue the we got more. Zoolander, not one of my favorites. It's on the list. It's a funny movie though. It had its moment when we were, you know, twenty or whatever. It. it I remember I didn't watch this in '01, and then when I got to college a year later, one of my Richard, one of my <laughs> friends there. Good recommended egg. it and i believe we threw on the dvd on a playstation 2 just to like even further date this scenario Mwah. Mwah. love and to hear it 
it was yeah that's i remember like, thinking it was like the funniest movie i'd ever seen just because it was you know i was stoned and i was a college kid yeah. and that's just what you do that's such like a quote-unquote college movie it's yeah like, like what should we watch zoolander or super troopers where are we at tonight fellas i am pretty anti-college movie genre at this point and and i grew up with wedding crashers and old school and all those like vince vaughn comedies thinking they were the funniest movies ever made mm. also i have a hot take hit me made more f- the movie made with vince vaughn <laughs> And um, John Favreau on this list, you mm. mentioned it, 2001 movie. Made is funnier than Swingers, but much worse, like more poorly done. I'm going to need a rewatch to even assess it at all. Has more funny Vince Vaughn content. Okay. I should watch it again. This is like a blistering hot take it that is. would get me destroyed on any. It's like too hot. I don't large know how to. Podcast. I haven't. I saw Made like. Years ago, I was like, this kind of stinks, but Vince is doing work in it. Mm. I don't know. It's like a movie. It's literally Vince Vaughn carrying everybody on his back. Yeah. Because like even Favreau's good in Swingers. Favreau brings almost nothing to the table and made. And then even Swingers yeah. has like Ron Livingston and a few other funny, you know, like Heather Graham and like a couple other pop buys. And maybe this, John Favreau's just sitting there, like holding in laughter from Vince Vaughn, just like volume shooting gold. Yes. Like improv wise. Yes. So Made is a good one to check out. It's on Amazon Prime. I got a weird one for you while we're doing 2001 reveals Joyride, which is an. Paul Walker? Yes. And Steve Zahn. This is, I think 2001 was the year of Steve Zahn. This is the best year of his life, and it was all downhill. Saving there. Silverman, Joyride. Joyride's like an, a very underrated, like thriller type movie. It's they. I don't need to explain Joyride. It's a good movie. Check it out. It's one of those movies that you wouldn't think would be good at all, and it's surprisingly strong. And we also got Training Day in 2001. I don't think we mentioned that yet. No. I Training mean, Day is. Goddamn classic. Denzel's best movie. He won the Oscar for it. You know, you'd like to get wet, though. Very, it's it's funny, it's exciting, it's a great rewatch. There's a little bit of drag in the middle. It's a little longer than it could be, but or should be. But I love this movie. I, I rewatch it at least once a year. The best David Ayer movie. Before he like remade that movie <laughs> nine hundred times. Did he he wrote Training he wrote Day it. and yeah. Antoine Fuqua directed it? Okay. Correct. Yeah, that's why it worked. Yeah. Because a David Ayer, like the guts of a David Ayer movie is good. And then he puts some sort of a weird flair on it where it just has that David Ayer, South Central Los Angeles stink Yeah, that he's just trying to hammer home like it matters. Yeah, and it's just the same thing over right. and over again. It's like a, a kujithon. And I got a couple more. I want to mention Mulholland Drive, which yes. is... Yes, hello, thank you. Probably my favorite David Lynch movie which is to say it's like the David Lynch movie that I understand the most because all his stuff's just like off the charts, weird, artsy. But I fucking love this movie. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. And uh, Robert Forster, bunch of sides. He he won Best Director for this movie. Did and he? the movie didn't even get nominated, which I always thought was interesting. Like his directing work was that strong that... It's a it's like a well done bad movie, I mm. guess you could say. 
Or maybe he was just nominated. I'm not questioning if he won that. I think he was just nominated mm. for Best Director. But either way, it's a piece of work. Worth a watch. Weird, artsy, dark nonsense. Featuring a very spicy uh, lesbian scene. I must say. How am I forgetting that? With Naomi Watts and what's-her-face? It's been a very long time since I watched that movie. It was like a beat scene back in the day. Reveal. Oh, cool. Um, what else? Ocean's Eleven, we said. Thank you. Masterpiece. I would say it comes Perf- a the- close second to knock around guys <laughs> in terms of like ensemble, oh. buddy, kind of dramedy, comma, comedy, drama, comedy. Yeah, I can't what do you believe, think? I can't believe they didn't make Knock Around Guys 2 and 3. Mm, and, uh, knock Around Guys 12. <laughs> knock Around Guys 13. And then a, an all-female reboot, Knock Around Girls. And then Pill Sandra Girls Bullock. and then Pill Pets. <laughs> He's in. Um, yeah. Um, Ocean's, Ocean's 11. Perfect movie. I mean, I watched it within the past year. Every Me time too. I watch that movie, I'm like, this is the coolest movie ever made. Everything about it is just awesome. I don't even know how to rave about it more. Love it. Yeah, great flick. And just to wrap it up, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I'm going to go. The first of the Lord of the Rings. I think it's the best of that series. It's the most, like, you can tell they actually shot it with, like, practical effects most of it before it gets all effects crazy. Movie rocks. And my favorite movie of 2001, the movie that started it all, The Fast... And The Furious, starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster. I'm waiting for Ank to stop me, and he's not going to. Keep going. <laughs> okay, he's in. Name the whole cast. It's, it feels like a wonderful segue yes. into the fact that I myself sat down with Fast and the Furious. I don't remember the exact names now that I'm on the spot, but four, five, six, seven, and eight this week. Yes, you got a hot tip from friend of the show, Sean Parsons, that the whole Fast and Furious bundle was on sale on iTunes. So you got the whole series. Whole thing. $29.99 if you are looking to waste money on <laughs> films like we tend to do so much. Hot deal. Yeah, this, I mean, the Fast and Furious franchise, if you've ever heard an episode before, you know how we feel about it. It's perfect. Masterpiece. Tell me about your journey through these films. I had a lot of fun. I wish yes. I had started what I, like I said before the break, I honestly think the trajectory, if you're going to do a Fast and the Furious rewatch, if you've never seen any of them, watch them all in a row. Mm. If you have seen them all at least once, go one, five, six, seven, and you're done. That's fair. Four yeah. is fine. Two yeah. and three, three is terrible. I mean, three's got some stuff. I thought you were more of a Tokyo Drift guy. Ironically. Okay. But like when we're talking about, like I actually think five, six, and seven are great movies. Yeah. Yeah, like bits aside, I I love seven. Seven is by miles my favorite. Mm. And I enjoyed, you put up on Instagram a a cry test when you were watching the end of Furious 7. Fans might remember, I famously, I can't watch the end of Furious 7 without like, truly breaking down into tears every time every time did you get a little emotional watching my clip with me in it yes (laughs) 
Like, it's, famously, it's at, right after Paul Walker died, they made the montage and tacked it at the end of the movie. Yes. Like, it's, it's brilliant. When I saw Furious 7 for the first time in the theater, I knew that Paul Walker died halfway through filming, so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I, he must die at some point in this movie. So I was just waiting for him to die. And then when it gets to the end, and they, like, he didn't die, and they send his character off into the sunset with, like, this powerful montage, I was so, like, surprised by it happening and the poignancy of it. I was legitimately, like... Lost it. Yeah, you like, were just blubbering in the theater? I was, yeah, I was... That's, that's the perfect word, blubbering. I was, like... It, it is really fucking emotional. I felt, if you can look at my video, you can see my eyes fluttering and I they welled up like underneath in the bag. You were, could, you were there. I was, I could feel it. It, <laughs> it was like, I felt it washing over me and I was like, ah, this might be my first cry in almost a decade. So like, I, I need this. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, baby. I wish I didn't film myself during. I just thought if I could catch myself crying to the Fast and the Furious on film, it would be the funniest thing we've ever had. And I agree. But yeah, I think if you weren't filming, maybe you could have got there. I think so. I don't this know. part, the oh, is what got me. It's such an unbelievably well done sequence. And then they juxtapose it with CGI Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. They're driving alongside each other. And then Paul Walker turns off and he drives off into the sunset, aka heaven, in the most powerful scene in film history. And wow. I'm gonna start crying right now just thinking about it. Are you gonna cry on air? Fans, uh, have a few more sips of your white claw and push yourself over the edge with those beer tears. <laughs> beer tears! I'm a big beer tears guy here at the Enough Podcast, just remembering my own. I want to rope hoops in with my sadness. He's in. But yeah, the Fast Five is the one that most people say is like the best action-wise. And they're probably right. Yeah, five is probably the best one. That's the first That's one. That's the, the one rock. where they start off with the, the robbery on the road, and then they're they're pulling the safes at the end. Correct. Yeah, five is the best one. The first one with the rock, he roars in. That's like the first time the rock got so big it's silly for a movie. Pri- oh, yeah. Prior to that, he was kind of just like, okay, he's two fifty, six four. It's impressive. And then this movie comes out, he's probably like 275, all muscle. And it's just like, you are not a person anymore. Yeah, that's like The Rock's whole thing, like being super juiced. And he still is now. But in that movie in particular, it's like a joke how like he's like exploding with muscles. (laughs) He looks like, it looks insane. He looks awesome for people, (laughs) for like amateur weightlifters. Like, I don't, I mean, I do it for a living. So calling myself amateur is a little silly. I'm being too humble. I do this for a living. But for a weightlifter like myself, who's been on it, on it again, I I started weightlifting when I was like 15 years old and wasn't that heavily into it till I got sober. But like, so we'll call it like, I've been dedicated to lifting weights for the last 14 years almost. And it's like, Looking at his physique, I know what takes to, what it takes to even people say steroids and HGH and testosterone. He's just like he's eating four five thousand calories a day, and he never skips a workout ever. Cheat he's probably meals. doing two a day. He's probably doing fasted cardio in the morning and then heavy weights in the afternoon or evening. Hundred percent right. yeah. would be my guess. And I I watch some of his videos, but I find them frustrating at times. But he came out of he came out in Fast Five. He's bigger than anybody in Hollywood that is an act, that is an actor. Yeah, pretty much. 
And I used to like him, but as we've discussed in episodes where we talk about his more recent movies, I'm just tired of, like, he's the same in everything. He needs to play, like, a villain in something or, like, be different. Every movie he just shows up, he's like... You can act like a man! It's like, hey, it's me, I'm The Rock, I'm acting how you expect me to, doing my thing. Right, a couple of dick jokes and he's out. Yeah. Just, or he's like, or it's like a fish out of the water, fish out of water kind of thing. Where he's like the Tooth Fairy or uh, the Gridiron Gang, where he's like, "I'm a coach," and like, "This is a kid that's around me." Yeah, yeah. He's I don't know. He needs to spice things up. I'm I'm tired of him. I feel like a lot a lot of other people are tired. You know of him what we too. need? We need a uh, we need him to go through a body transformation, Ooh. lose all the muscle. That's what of, I'm talking all about. All the muscle. Yeah, Get like, down to like an even 185. Yeah, like The Rock, him in like a machinist yes. type role. That would reinvigorate things. Can you even imagine yes. how many Oscars that he would probably pull down for that? Because he is still the most marketable guy in Hollywood. Like he makes more than everybody else. He has more Instagram followers. He has all the juice. If he were to say lose 70 pounds of muscle and then, oh, I don't know, do a movie where he's gay and he has AIDS. <laughs> he and would at the very least get a nomination. I There's am nothing. homeless. <laughs> I am gay. There's nothing the Oscars love more than a body transformation. That's like their whole thing. Oh, yeah. Big one. Nice, dedicated Christian Bale, just complete and utter transformation. And then he'd have to get juiced for his next movie. That's like Fast. And then Fast 10 comes out, and he's back in it, and he's bigger than ever. And hopefully they use my title, Fast 10, Your Seatbelts, or some (laughs) variation of that. The fans get what I'm going for, and they're very much on board. Hilarious. (laughs) in um what else did you watch i mean speaking of vin diesel oh we both watched the 2000 was it 2000 i think it was also 2001 boiler room no we talked about it last week it's 2000 you're right 2000 so we're we're hanging out at the beginning of the aughts over here Mm. i'd never seen this film for people who don't know it's it's fun right Boiler Room, it's like a 90s or 2000s version of uh, Wall Street, basically. Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. It's like take Wolf of Wall Street and make it about New York and then throw in Giovanni Ribisi, Ben Affleck, and Vin Diesel and Jamie Kennedy and go. Yes. This was a fucking sidecar extravaganza. Watching Vin Diesel and Ben Affleck share the screen, I took so many pictures. It was just like, like, look at my boys. <clears throat> That's the best part of watching a movie from like a couple years ago that you've never seen. It's just like, look at these guys acting opposite each other. Like, who knew this ever even happened? I, I wonder if Vin and Ben Affleck are in touch, being that they're both like mega A-list guys. Just firing off a text like, remember that time when we were quoting lines from Wall Street? <laughs> I bet they hate each other. Just a feeling I have. Hmm. I feel like they they wouldn't vibe. But yeah, this movie's so Wall Streetish. The the characters watch the movie Wall Street in the movie, just as like bros hanging out on the couch, drinking beers, watching Wall Street. It's an enjoyable, like, retread. Affleck gets to give some fun speeches Mm. at some point. I'm a millionaire. I don't even remember the speech, but it's so douchey, it's great. Yeah, it's him. What did you think overall? Pretty good? Overall, I thought it was Not really your speed of a flick. I've never pushed it on you in the past. But you said you didn't see it last week. I was like, ah, you should probably watch it. Honestly, if it had a different cast, I don't think I would have liked it at all. But the fact that we got, like, Giovanni Ribisi and Vin and Affleck 
and some of my other sides mingling. It made it fun for me. Giovanni Urbisi is another guy that had a strange career. He had like three or four home runs in the 90s and early 2000s and then kind of nothing for a bit. And then like he got like sneaky Pete on Amazon and did three seasons and <laughs> oh, then they shit. mid-season canceled it, I think. I forgot about sneaky Pete. I watched like almost all of that. I watched one full season and then I snapped out of it and was like, what am I doing with my life? I hate that feeling when you've <laughs> committed like 14 episodes to something and you're like, what am I doing? You're like, what? Why am I still in this? Is this real life? I'm watching Sneaky Pete? No, couldn't Sneaky be. Sneaky Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, and yeah, now he's, I guess he's in the next bunch of Avatar movies. He's just hanging out with James Cameron. Can't wait for those to never come out. In New Zealand, just collecting dough. But yeah, it's kind of like a dumb guy version of Wall Street. Boiler Room, check it out. It's now on Showtime if you're in the mood to uh, get in there. Can we talk about Greenland? I would love. That's all I all I can to think talk about, about right Greenland now. at this moment. In time. Greenland is a movie where Gerard Butler plays like a like a dad who I guess cheated on his wife and they're separating and like it's a weird time in his life. Mm. And then guess what? There's an asteroid coming straight at Earth. Whoa. Or a comet, I guess. Is that the same thing? I don't even know. They actually make a point to differentiate it's not an asteroid in this movie it's an interstellar comet they say it's several scenes oh. like like that makes a big difference like oh this is a comet movie not an asteroid movie big difference big yeah, difference this is greenland a gerard butler disaster movie which may sound a little redundant but it's just what it is <laughs> somebody said to me isn't that just yeah. geostorm like how is this and i was like yeah kind of yeah this is Geostorm, but like without a lot of the fanfare. Mm. Geostorm was from Roland Emmerich, who that's like, those are the only movie he Roland. makes. Like End of the World movies he did 2012 and uh, Geostorm and that other one, The Day After Tomorrow. He, mm. but yeah, this one, this was like Geostorm, but it didn't have enough of a budget to have the big, like, world-destroying scenes. It just had a few cars on fire and a lot of tropes. Yeah, and a lot of, like, character work. That where... diabetic kid losing his insulin trope that happens in pretty much every movie ever made. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. Not necessarily always a kid, but that's definitely a thing. I can only think of, like, Lucy was like, what other movies has that happened in? Because I tried to have that point when I was watching it with her. And I was Panic like, well, Room comes to mind. Con Air. On air also. Yeah, the black guy and that's, Nicolas Cage has to save him. Or is he, he dies, doesn't he? Probably. Spoiler. That's a very movie thing, though. There needs yes. to be an item that one of the characters requires that's out of reach to create drama. Mm. For me, that would be probably my bidet. <laughs> yes. And like I'm somewhere and I realize I have to shit and use just toilet paper and <laughs> the whole world falls apart. Like, God damn it. With a Jerry Butler. I'm actually surprised he should go by Jerry instead of Gerard. Doesn't he seem like a Jerry? He looks like a Jerry, yeah. I don't Big know why. Bloke. I don't know who he thinks he's kidding with this Gerard stuff, but he's a fucking Gerard Jerry. Butler is the guy who will never ever stop getting work. Yeah. And no one will ever fully understand why. I got no answers for you. Like explain <laughs> to me why Jeffrey Dean Morgan doesn't get all of his roles. Yeah, I'd he's love like, to hear it. He's like a cooler, slightly more in shape Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yes. Better line delivery. Gerard Butler pretty much came out guns blazing in 2006 with uh, 300. 300, and then that was it. 
for in terms of roles that he did that really leave an impression. Yeah. He made a ton of movies, but that was it as far as it. like something of and I don't note. even love 300. I just think it looked kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, he made a bunch of like rom-coms. He made a ton of stuff. This movie had King Batch from Vine. <laughs> oh, Vine super superstar King Batch. David Denman from The Office. Oof. And Scott Glenn from Training Day and many other movies. So it had like a weird like sidecar. Yeah. Little, you know, circuit. And then... <laughs> I feel like people would handle this horribly. (laughs) I wrote down my whole theory about movies like this. After watching how society and mostly American people handled the coronavirus, if something like this were to happen, I'd be terrified. Yeah. Because everyone would literally just be trampling each other just to try to get to safety. No one would help each other. I have very little hope for humanity after watching like the toilet paper disappearance of 2020. Yeah. And this movie's kind of over the top with that stuff where it's like, like the rich people are on a plane and everyone else is like fucked, which is like interesting. And it's like, yeah, this is probably how it would go if this was happening. I got the impression that the people on the plane were random because like it didn't really sell. Well, yeah, the people on the plane, that was the thing. That was actually interesting because they were like, oh, the world's about to blow up. We need to get people who are exceptional at all these different jobs and, like, make a new world. In In Greenland. Yeah, yeah. in quote-unquote Greenland. And, like, Gerard Butler, they choose him because he's an engineer or something. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like... Like a Noah's Ark scenario. Yeah, exactly. If they chose me, I would just say, I think you've made a mistake. (laughs) I would like to go back down to my basement, please. I have a movie theater seat down here now. And I'm just going to probably watch movies from 2002 (laughs) for next week's podcast and let the asteroids kill me. It's us outside the plane. Like, we can do bits. Like, we can skewer movies. You're going to need this. You're going to want us in Greenland. God damn it. It's a it's a bad watchable movie. I, I paid a good nineteen ninety nine for that rental, which was might as well gouge my eyes out with a like white hot poker. But yeah. I mean, the way I see it is, I probably would have seen this in the theater, and I probably would have bought Lucy's ticket or your ticket or whoever. I I, I don't know. Like you know what I mean? Like I would have. Yeah. So I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's justifiable because it's still less than what that would have been. But at the same time, that nineteen ninety nine rental. Becoming the new normal is, it's t- it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, especially something like this. Like there was a scene where a plane explodes and it couldn't look more CGI and just poor. Did you catch that? Yeah, when I that... watched all of it. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's when it made me appreciate Geostorm. It's like that movie's ridiculous, but at least they had like the budget to like do some <laughs> cheese ball. Like, oh, there's like fire rain falling down from the sky. And they rushed this movie out faster than the coronavirus vaccine. And, like, <laughs> yeah. nobody saw it coming. I remember just it popped up. I hadn't heard one thing about it. And this was, like, a week ago. I saw it on there. I said, all right, Greenland, huh? Yeah, like, I was into it for the first half. And then somewhere along the line, it gets kind of boring. And I was like, oh, I think I'm falling out of love with this. I hated, like, the dynamic of Gerard Butler and Scott Cooper or whatever his name is. Um Scott Glenn, like the father-in-law, and he doesn't like him anymore because he knows he cheated on his daughter. And it's just like the world is ending. 
Yeah, they maybe sn- we put that aside and figure out a way to save our family. Yeah, they sneak in so much like character work where just to like fill up screen time. It's like I don't care like what this character I just met two minutes ago right. did. Like let's just get on with like the world endings. Nine times out of ten, I'm gonna say I wish there was more character development. This movie, I wish there was less. Yeah, like just get on with it. Yeah. You know, I would know say this doing. is worth watching as soon as it's free on HBO, exactly. which is probably where it will land. I couldn't agree more. Like, don't pay to rent this, but watch it when it's on TV, and you'll be like, oh, this is decent. This is a movie that exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this is fine. Um, what else you got? Anything? I mean, we also watched The Fighter. Oh, we did. Sneak in real quick. The Fighter is actually a great movie. Classic. A yeah. bean set crime drama? Yeah. Maybe. It's yeah. crime. I mean, Christian Bale does drugs. Ooh. It's does, the does story of Mickey Ward, who's like a famous boxer. I guess, in the Lowell, Massachusetts area, which is not a great area if you're local. Kid. And it's played by, he's played by Mark Wahlberg, unfortunately. Hey, how are you? Here it is. It's me. This is like one of the few actually good movies I'm in. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. I love movies where I get a workout montage. (laughs) That's all I need. Wake up in the morning, do a thousand sit-ups. It's fucking fantastic. It's all about family. That Asian man will never, ever have his (laughs) sight back. (laughs) I was waiting. Um, but it's, yeah, this... it's, it was, it's a good, good, I saw this in the theater at Patriot Cinema. I still remember it. Ooh. It, uh, it's definitely a movie that mattered in 2010, I think. That sounds right. Maybe 2011. But yeah, Christian Bale, he won the Oscar for this Best Supporting Actor. I think he totally deserves it. Yeah. He this is another it body this transformation. Movie. Yeah. He couldn't look more like a strung out Boston crackhead guy. Oh, yeah. He fucking crushes it. And you got Amy Adams basically playing Pam Adams, which I really appreciate. I think she's awesome in this movie. Basically, everyone acting circles around Mark Wahlberg. That fly is posters. Woman from uh, Gone Baby Gone happens to make a pop by in this. And she's maybe the most bean set woman who's ever lived. Fuck you. With her like fetal alcohol syndrome eyes and her Worcester like Lynn Worcester combo accent and yeah. her CI breath. She's actually Pam Adams. Yeah. Like she's the one. <laughs> she was born to play that role. Who is that actress? We need her in yeah. the studio. I bet we could get her on the show. I was thinking the same. And folks, a little teaser for next week's episode. We're going to have this lovely woman on the program. Also, Melissa Leo as the mother in The Fighter. She's incredible. She's good, yeah. As like the overprotective bean said mother. It's just like, fuck you. I love when like they go to pick up Christian Bale at the crack house so they can go to a funeral and he's like escaping out the back window like, don't tell mom I'm here. And, and, then the, like, and then the stepfather runs at him and he knocks him out. Yeah, and everyone's like, she knows you're here. We're all here. <laughs> like, just like good like family dynamic stuff jill quig i believe is this woman's name jill quig you will be pam adams one day jill quig and there are no photos of her on imdb mark my words but yes we talked about you're a big boxing movie guy i am i love boxing which the fighter one of the better entries in that genre for my money even though i'd rather like die than watch a boxing match on tv or in, even in person. A boxing movie? Mwah. Love it. Almost every time. Holy shit, she broke into somebody's... She filmed... Got, Jill Quigg filmed Gone Baby Gone and the Fighter. Ooh. 
And then she broke into someone's apartment. <laughs> I love and her. Stole a television and a computer and pled guilty. Whoa. And she, she was on probation for a year. And I guess she didn't have to pay restitution. She's the one. What a hero this woman is. This is we gotta get her in here. Do you think she would steal from me if we had her in the studio? <laughs> Sounds like, like maybe. And we have Jill Quigg. She's like, I'm gonna go use the bathroom. <laughs> and like she goes upstairs and just empties Lucy's jewelry into her purse. I thought I was one of your gals. I thought we were having a goo. Like, well, I guess Jill's gone gone for the rest of the night, but we're gonna wrap up and we go upstairs, the whole living room is empty. She I just love- let all of her buddies from Lowell in. Love this for us. Yeah. Um, the fighter. I I believe I watched it on Amazon. Yeah, I watched it on Amazon. Amazon. Yep. I think I probably need to buy it though. I've been on a buying movies kick, which is I should probably not be because it's. You ever do that? Like it's like oh, it's four ninety nine. I have to buy it, and then you just it sits and you don't watch it for three years, and then you end up watching it on like Netflix, mm, yeah. <laughs> even though you know you have that four ninety nine copy just sitting in the library. Yeah. You stumble upon it and you're like, now it's time. It's basically like playing Jenga with your money. Just like pulling a piece out here and there. And then eventually mm. the whole thing falls down. I'm into it. Um, I really, really want to watch The Departed right now. Even though I already watched it in its entirety today. I know. You really, you spoiled your appetite, Departed-wise. There's no today. such thing as an end <laughs> of appetite for The Departed. So oh, shit. Here it is, 90 seconds, Departed. The kid's insatiable. Once again, we're dangerously close to the end of this film, even though I've been saying that for probably 18 episodes. How you doing? We got a cop in my crew. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of getting that feeling, too. He's one of yours. Inside. Frank? Seen anything? Uh, Frank, I got no access to Queenan's undercover files. He and Dignam run the snitches. I'm doing my... It's funny, because I actually do have access to all of Queenan's undercovers, which is kind of fucked up. Hey, I can explain that! Him going so far in on that Boston accent there. How do I sound this ridiculous? I'm fucking from here. He put all the tapes in a little box and kept them with his lawyer. That was insurance. His lawyer came to me. Imagine that, you rat fuck. Oh. He still trusted me more than anyone. Sound quality good enough? Because I was a little worried. What do you want? I told you I (sighs) had my identity back, you two-faced faggot. Wow. Where are you? The F word. Whoa. O'clock. I know. That's... Wouldn't land today. Yeah. Can't, it's, it feels weird hearing it in a movie. It is. There's a big one at the beginning of The Hangover, and it's like one of the big laugh lines, and yeah, it's aged very oddly. Open the door. Open the fucking door. What about the baby? <laughs> Open. What Did about, we already talk about this? What about the drawer full of toenails? This is my job. <laughs> He's in. And you can get your pick. Tell me that was 90 seconds, just like, like that. 93, actually. As always, I go over by a little. It's dun, never dun, perfect. Dun, 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 dun. You get it? Got it. So that's it here uh, at the Enough Podcast. And uh, folks, just remember that uh, Jill Quiggs is out there, and we're going to need you guys to bombard her with phone calls, texts, emails. If you know her, we would love to have her phone in. I don't want her in my house because she's probably a thief. The or fuck? is a thief, it's proven. Fuck you, Ank. Next week, we're going to be doing movies from 2002. I'm hoping Promising Young Woman might come out on VOD. Yeah. It was on, in, it's in theaters now, so 
there'll be something. There'll be something good. Uh, there's got to be at this point. This week was tough, but we can always watch movies from 2002. Perhaps the My High School Graduation video could be Ooh. the featured review. Hey, now. Where you could just view Monty's awful speech <laughs> and his party hand and the tar... The tar... The tar... <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute all right that's it for us here at the enough podcast my name is ryan and uh scott take it away i mean at this moment i want to tell you to check out bug main's new deluxe album the division bug you can listen to it on spotify it's cut city also buzz tank is back and uncle to uncle and the South Shore Boys podcast. I can be heard on the last two episodes. If you want to check that out, that's South Shore Boys with a Z. And send us an email, enoughpodcast.gmail.com. Have a good one, everybody. Folks, that's enough. Bye.